Hey, thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. We are MVF Church based out of Heber City, Utah. If you'd like to check out the live recording of this teaching, you can find that at mvfchurch.com. We're glad that you've joined us today, so let's get into the teaching. My name is Carl Schnackenberg, and I am the pastor up at Gateway, and it's fantastic. I am so thankful to be here today. I'm thankful that Shane allows uh, people to come in. You guys have had a lot of amazing speakers. Um, always love hearing Pastor Dana as he comes in and preaches, but uh, a little bit about me. So I am Pastor Carl Schnackenberg, and I'm the youngest of three. So some things that you might not know about me, other than I'm from Wyoming. I don't know how much you know about Wyoming, but we kind of absorb different things. So some things for me, um, because I was raised in Wyoming, I also was raised on Disney. So if I slip into like a British accent or something, it might happen. I'm sorry. It just happens because I was raised on Disney and I had an English soccer coach. So there we go. Um, soccer is a huge part of my life. Love it. But I probably won't speak in an accent the whole time. So again, sorry if that does slip in occasionally. Um, also, part of being the youngest of three is, you know, we did a lot of things as a family. And some of those things were like going on camping trips and backpacking. Hopefully, how many of you here have ever been on a nice backpacking trip where you know there's this end in sight, you know where you're going, you have a big heavy load on, you're going to get blisters, you're going to be tired and sore. It's pretty awesome, isn't it? All right. So yes, uh, you know, the most recent one that I did was with my brother and he and I uh, embarked on one up in northern Wyoming, southern Montana, uh, to go to a place called Martin Lakes. And this course was going to take us, like the trail was supposed to be really up and down, all around eight to 10,000 feet, but with this end in sight of glorious fish because no one was around. No one wants to go back eight miles and, and go up and down to just to get some little brookies, which... You know, that sounded like a great time. So we did that and we were hiking and it was a great trip. But the last mile or so, a storm rolled in. And also, if you've ever been at like 10,000 feet and the clouds are around you and a storm comes in and the hair on your head starts standing up and lightning starts striking, it's a little bit nerve wracking. It's a little scary. I don't, if, don't do that. Like that's not something that you should go out and do. But that was something we were, we were terrified, but we knew where we were going. So we booked it down the hill, ended up uh, being able to set up our tent in the rain and woke up to a glorious morning, no people in sight. And it was probably one of the best things of my life. It was so great. And I think part of this was just the fact that we, we knew where our end goal was. And I think that's what joy does for us. You know, we had uh, over Christmas, the theme was joy to the world. Joy is something that carries you through because you know what to expect. And so today, to kind of tie this all together, we're going to get back on the trail. So if you're new or if you're visiting, um, we've been journeying through Luke. And this journey has been, we're on week 33. So this journey has been quite a journey. It, it's something that has taken, uh, you know, 33 weeks to this point. And we've covered a lot of amazing things. Um, but we're, today, we're going to get back on the trail. 
So you've, you've had a little bit of a break, um, but we're going to be back on this trail. Knowing that joy of what is to come, that is something that drives us, helps carry us through. Even when the storms come, even when the lightning's striking right at your feet, which it didn't, thankfully. But it was around. So all of this to get back onto the trail and know that joy will carry us through. And we're just so thankful to be on this journey. So let's go ahead and start with prayer. And then we're going to dive in to uh, Luke 18 today. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful. We're so thankful that you continue to have us um, follow you on trails that sometimes we don't always know uh, what the end will be, except for it will be with you. We're so thankful that you continue to work in our hearts, broken as they might be. We pray that you would continue to heal us and, and, and guide us and give us the encouragement that we need to be on this journey. And, and help us just to be relentless and persistent in following hard after you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, yes, today we are going to look at Luke 18. So if, if you have your Bible, go ahead and open it up. If you have a phone or an app or something and you want to open up to Luke 18, most of what we're looking at today is going to be Luke 18, uh, 1 through 16. But we're going to first start with the the first little bit, okay? It's going to be one through eight, and we're going to look at the NIV version. So I'll give you just a second to open that up. Um, although I do think it's going to be on, yep, look at that. Patrick takes care of things. All the whole tech team, thank you everyone for being able to have slides for this. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, I'm going to read through uh, one through eight. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in a town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come back and attack me. It, okay, that, that part I was like, wow, all right. So you're only going to do this so she doesn't come and get you. Okay. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Now, when we hear this, when we go through this, the whole point of this section of verses is persistent prayer or relentless. Are you relentless with anything in your life? And I think about this with the new year, which, happy new year. This is 2024, and it's exciting that we get to be together. But this year and last year, last year, did you take anything to God relentlessly without giving up? Even when storms come, even when you get sore and blisters, did you take things relentlessly to God? I know for some things, some things I was able to take to God pretty relentlessly, but I would say it, it takes discipline to do that because sometimes there's quietness 
Sometimes when we ask God for something, we don't necessarily always hear a yes or a no. We don't always get to see like, oh, there's the answer right there. Sometimes there's silence. Do we persist even in the silence? Do you carry on as if going for a goal or something that you really want? Some of us, when we're relentless, when you think about what you were relentless for, maybe it was for that job. Maybe it was to get in shape, you know, like New Year's, uh, when, when you're trying to make a goal for New Year's, you're like, oh, I want to get in shape. You relentlessly go after that for about a week. Uh, okay, maybe that's me. Uh, <laughs> it's about a week, and I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, even, you know, the 1%, like, get 1% better. Okay, so, you know, do we relentlessly pursue after something um, with God the same way we do here uh, for physical things that we want? You know, maybe for youth, I... I unfortunately can't see your faces. So I, I don't know if there's high schoolers or middle schoolers in here, but maybe you guys go for uh, a certain sport and you just, you want to position. And so you go out and you practice, whether it's shooting or, or hitting a volleyball or kicking the best sport ever, soccer, kicking a soccer ball and just getting your touch better. That's relentless. Are we relentless when we take things to God? God is big enough. He's big enough for all of the things that we could take to him. So even when we encounter silence, that doesn't necessarily mean that we shouldn't keep taking it to him. Sometimes the answer is no. It's just, nope, I, you know, not right now. And that's hard. But do we continue to bring it? Because like this judge who was neither a God-fearing man nor cared what people think, this lady kept asking, even when the answer was no. Do we continue to bring stuff before God? You know, um, I, think about, I think about the people in my life. Uh, we're blessed to live in a community in Wyoming. It's fairly small for even Wyoming standards. Um, I think we're sitting at 5,000-ish for the whole community-ish. Um, so there's, there's a few, there's a few people there, but there's so many people that within what I do, substitute teaching or helping with soccer or helping coach and different things, there are a lot of people who relationally, I know who they are. I know, um, that when, from what they've said, that they're still living in brokenness without hope. Those people that God has put in your lives, have you carried them to God relentlessly? Asking God, change their hearts. Whether you use me as the instrument of your mercy or if you use someone else, just change their hearts. Bring them to yourself. That's something, you know, that he asks us to do. Um, and in Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, I think it kind of encaptures all of what we've looked at for the last few weeks. So we've looked at uh, joy, we've looked at thanksgiving, and we're now looking at prayer. And so 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, 
just so you guys know, you should go read that whole chapter just today at some point. It's excellent. I love it. But that part right there, you know, he, he's asking us to continue to have joy set in something greater than ourselves, set in something that is con- consistent, something that is solid in God. Pray continually. Don't give up. Even when you hear silence, don't give up. Even when you think, oh, well, I'm not quite sure if God's hearing me. Be relentless in your prayer and continue to give thanks. We have so many things in our life that we take for granted that we don't, we're not necessarily thankful for, you know? And so as we go through this life, have you practiced taking time to write down those things that God has worked in your life for good? One, we got here last night. I know it's a small thing, but I didn't have to stress about driving this morning. That is a huge Thanksgiving for me. Like, I'm already nervous to be up here, just so you know. I know, you're like, but that's your job. You're you're a pastor. No, this is still super intimidating. Bright lights, big stage, lots of people. I can't see you. It's great. Um, So all of that, and, and, you know, I am just so thankful that, you know, it just was so easy this morning to wake up and just get here. (laughs) I'm also thankful that my four children didn't make it harder to get here because sometimes that happens. You know, there's always something working against you coming, right? I don't know for those of you that have kids that work against you, that that happens. Um, (laughs) So, okay. Uh, What, uh, so this year, continue to take things relentlessly to God. And when Jesus said this whole message, I thought it was really interesting or maybe weird, the end, what he ended with. Do you guys recognize at the end of 18, verse 8, it says, when the Son of Man comes again, will he find faith on earth? Is he going to find faith when he returns? I thought that was kind of weird. I don't know. For me, when I was reading through this, I was like, okay, so persistent prayer. So yeah, okay, if I'm persistent in prayer, that's faith. But really what popped up later in my study of this was Matthew 15. And I don't have these on the slides, and I'm sorry. But uh, in Matthew 15, 21 through 28, there's, I'm going to shorten this story. It's a Canaanite woman. And she comes and she's pleading with Jesus. And she, she says, God, can you just heal my daughter? Well, she says, uh, son of man or son of David, which is a Messiah type saying. And she goes and he doesn't say anything. Jesus literally, it says, Jesus said not a word. Should she stop? No, no. Even though she was in front of Jesus and he didn't say anything, she didn't stop. The disciples then were like, uh, Jesus, can we just, can, can she go away now? Maybe just, just maybe let her go somewhere else. And Jesus is like, well, I came to serve Israel. It's not right for me to give you. And so that was a hard answer because she was a Canaanite woman. She's like, yes, but even the dogs get to eat the crumbs from the master's table. She knew that she was a woman that was outside of God's people. She knew as a Canaanite woman, like they were all supposed to be destroyed at some point. She knew that where she was, but she also knew where to put her confidence. And she continued to ask. And 
what Jesus says at the end of that is, oh, woman, you have such great faith because she was persistent in asking because she put her confidence not in herself, a Canaanite woman, but in the God who she was talking to. And that's really what drives us into this next part, which is where do we put our confidence? So we're going to look at having a humble heart. And that's, this is verses 9 through uh, 14. Jesus continues with another parable. And it says, um, To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. So he's moving from this to now the people who are looking down on everyone else, trusting in their own righteousness. Where do we put our confidence? Two men went up to the temple to pray. One, a Pharisee, and the other, a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed. God, you can just visualize with me, because I'm a visual person. Visualize this Pharisee with me, okay? Oh, yes. God, I thank you. So I'm practicing Thanksgiving right here. This is pretty awesome. God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, you know? I just thank you so much. I'm pretty amazing. Um, You know, I'm thankful that I'm not like those people who are like robbers or those evildoers over there, even the adulterers, maybe even like this tax collector. Wow. You are special, aren't you? Yes, the Pharisee definitely. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. Well, you are pretty amazing. Yep. But the tax collector stood at a distance and he would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And we we go to this because the confidence of the tax collector was in who he was. He was so thankful not to be like that sinner. He was so thankful that he didn't have to, you know, be looked at like all these other people because he was righteous. In fact, he could... He's so righteous that he could look at other people and judge their hearts. In our communities, do we sometimes find ourselves in the place of the the Pharisee, where we look around and we see somebody, and we might know that maybe their crooked their path is a little crooked. Maybe they're they're going, and you just you look at them and you make those judgments. But what does God look at? He looks at the heart. And so this, this tax collector, he knew. He knew that his confidence couldn't be put in himself. He knew that he was hated by everyone. He knew that he had no friends on this side of the aisle or this side of the aisle. But he could put his confidence in something greater. Because if we put our confidence in ourself, we will always find that we're lacking. It's kind of like, I don't know. Did you guys see The Knight's Tale? This was like a 90s show. Heath Ledger. And some of you watched Heath Ledger. You're like, yes. Okay, so there's this part where he's like, you've been weighed, you've been measured, and you've been found wanting, right? Um, well, <laughs> uh, with Heath Ledger and The Knight's Tale, he, 
that man, the evil man, I forgot what his name was, was finding confidence in himself. And I think when we find confidence in ourselves, oftentimes it will work for a bit, but at the end, we'll find that we're still going to be a broken person without putting our confidence in something greater. When we anchor our confidence in God Almighty, who loves every part of you, the darkest part, the part you don't want to share or talk about, those fears that you have within yourself where you're like, I don't want to tell somebody this fear because that means that I'm acknowledging that I'm not perfect. Share those with God. Anchor those with God. Put those to him and go to him relentlessly. Find your confidence found in him and anchored in him. So let's go ahead and, and look at what, what can we take home from this today? Because, you know, there's, there's kind of a lot of scripture there, and I've talked now for about 20 minutes, and so some of your brains are already starting to turn off. It's, I understand. I, I'm the stander in the back. I always had to stand. I couldn't sit and listen. So when we look at what we can take away, who or what are we taking to God relentlessly? There are so many things in your life, and, and God loves you as a child. He wants you to bring these things to him. Who in your life are you taking to God relentlessly? Who are you persistently praying about for God to change their hearts and work in their lives? And, and what in our lives do we want God to continue to work in? And then lastly, where is our confidence? As we start this new year, are we anchoring our confidence in our own efforts and our own ability, or are we anchoring it in something so much greater? I pray that we can find that we can anchor it in the one who loves you better and more than anyone else. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for working in our lives, for seeing us as who we are, for loving us even when we were sinners. And even as we are, and we sin, and we sin against you, God, and we just ask, God, that you would please take the things that are so small in our life and big, the things that we don't want to bring up to you. God, I just pray that you would take those things, that we would be able to be persistent in bringing them to you, and that we would find our confidence in you. God, we thank you so much, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. If you enjoyed this teaching, we would love to have you join us for a live gathering. We are located at 271 North, 600 West in Heber City, Utah. If you need more information about us, including our gathering times or previous teachings, you can find all that at mbfchurch.com. And make sure you follow us on social media too. See you next time.